psalmist say, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for
Good morning, good morning.
sanctuary. Nothing our God cannot do. Amen. 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 The scripture reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I read from the New Living Translation. If you're able to stand up honor God's word, you may do so. Acts chapter 9. Beginning with verse 1, Acts chapter 9. Give everyone an opportunity to find it so we can all journey together. Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, Meanwhile, Paul was utterly impressed with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but Saul no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, explained Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone, everyone, who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the what? With you. Instantly, something like scales spread from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Amen. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, our excellence, is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you, Lord. Lord, we have gathered here in this sanctuary, Lord, one more time, Lord, to come to give you praise, to come to give you worship, Heavenly Father, for you're worthy of all praises, glory, and honor, Heavenly Father, for there is no other name under heaven whereby man must be saved but the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity, Heavenly Father, to, to worship with you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the men of all Mennonite Church worshiping here with us this morning, Father. Father, bless all the ones that are traveling here. Bless all the ones that are here right now. Lord, bless from the front of the church all the way to the back in the vestibule. Lord, just touch right now, Lord. Help our minds and our bodies and our spirit to forget about ourselves and just concentrate on you, Lord. For we've come here to worship you, Lord. Lord, please bless every soul that will be sown. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth, that it changes us from the inside out. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, church. Amen. 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 As Pastor Christ prayed, and we're grateful men on men not being with us. Amen. Amen. Um, Amen. We're blessed by their music ministry as will lead us prior to coming before the great pastor of men on men not being pastor. Eric Allen Pop, I found that out in the CCA. We're going to have to do some little things, so I'll be that closer. <laughs> and so you're going to bless us to come forward and preach. So we're grateful for his leadership. I'm grateful for his friendship. And we're grateful for him and his family to come with his church to come before us. Amen. Amen. Prepare for Pastor Pop to come. If you can just say, Preach, Pastor Pop. Preach, Pastor Pop. Amen. Church says, so we have two great songs to sing with you before he comes up. Um, and I love that Pastor reminded us that this is the day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I, I love how we rejoice here. And it makes me so happy. But some days it's hard for me to rejoice. So when it's hard, I need someone else to say the words for me. And the pick song based off of Psalm 69 today. I'm just going to read the beginning of it because... When I can't even put the words forth to lament or to express um, depression or feeling, I need I need David or someone else to say for me. So this is the beginning of Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire. There is no foothold. I come into deep waters and the floods sweep over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched, my eyes grow dim waiting for my God. And we will keep waiting, right? Yes. We will keep waiting. So sometimes I just need to be reminded I'm not the only one who gets tired. So feel free to join us or just come in on the chorus. The chorus just says, Draw near to my soul, O Lord. Draw near to my soul, O Lord.
So, but it's not in our own strength. It is in his. So this is yet not I, but to Christ in me. Let him already know that you thirst me.
morning to each one of you. It's indeed a gift, a blessing, and so very right to worship together here this morning. Uh, God is faithful. Um, let us continue in our worship together. This is our. This is actually our tenth Sunday together. Let me do that or not. It's our fifth time here, and you've all been out to Metamore five times. It's our, our tenth time together. And what a what a gift we have an opportunity. Can you guys hear me? Not so good. So we have an opportunity to consider this text from Acts 9. series called Sent, and um, this, this series is a walk through the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, it's an amazing and action-packed book, and the stories of the witness of the early church, the miracles, the persecutions, the faithfulness, um, and just uh, the faithfulness of the early followers of the way. And we hope it's providing encouragement along with appropriate challenge. For us, even today, I just try to put the mic. So, is it okay? Let's do that. Sorry. Oh, there it was. All right. So, here we go. Kind of reminds me of Cincinnati. Sam, get some mic issues wherever he went. Okay, let's go back to this one. All right. Check, check, check. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, tap it. All right. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Okay. All right. Uh, so hopefully through the series we've been receiving encouragement and challenge along the way as uh, Christ followers. Challenge to consider even our own sentness into the world. Okay? Into the world, into the places where we live and move and have our being. Whether that is in schools for our kids, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, with whom we play bridge with, who we work out with, who we watch the Bears lose with, right? Uh, and uh, just our, you know, the greater communities uh, that we live in. Because, brothers and sisters, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but the gospel is still inviting death and resurrection. Uh, even in the here and now, in church, do we believe that? So before I go further, I, just, I do want to say thank you and to celebrate Pastor Samuel, Samuel Duran for, I think it's 17 years, is that right? 17? Yeah. I think yeah. you guys marked this last Sunday was his anniversary date. Is this not on still? It feels like... Sorry. Okay. Alright. Um, yeah. So, thank you to Sam and so his, uh, his 17 years of faithfulness uh, here in, uh, in this church body. Uh, I believe uh, in the last Sunday was, was uh, marked for, for that. And uh, I just want to say congrats to him, but also congrats to you for, you know, 
having him as your pastor. So, no, it's great. Uh, what a gift uh, you guys are to one another. Um, it's a complete gift to know Sam, to learn from Sam, to be challenged by, by him and his ministry, and to serve over the years with him uh, as we seek to remind both of our churches of God's love, of God's grace, of God's mercy for all people. Someone say all. All people. Now, most recently, uh, Pastor Sam and I uh, shared the platform as uh, the National uh, Christian Community uh, Christian, uh, sorry, Christian Community Development Association National Gathering. This is October 6th. We were blessed to share uh, the story of Zion Baptist and Medmore Mennonite Church specifically in our partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he began a good work in us, will carry out on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We began August 19th, 2017. That's when we started. Uh, and uh, we'll make that, that, that message, that presentation available to the churches through our website and our Facebook here in the days to come when that's released by the Christian Community Development Association people. Now, on to today's message. And let's hear it for Jeff. For just, I uh, now, the main character of our story today is Jesus. <laughs> That's the main character of our story, is Jesus. Now, because of Christ, it's about Jesus. Though Saul of Tarsus and Ananias, they do make an appearance. Uh, now, as we begin to consider the, this text, this conversion story, how should I, ought I preach it? Well, I think it's proper today just to do just to walk through it uh, slowly, verse by verse. And ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate for us um, all of, uh, you know, that which needs our focus and attention. So, verse 9, sorry, chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing murder, murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him, uh, uh, and asked him for uh, letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Meanwhile, meanwhile what? Okay. Meanwhile, well, for context, in chapter seven, Stephen was the first martyr for his to Jesus and the gospel and the good news concerning him. Mm. And then in chapter eight, the church and the message. Um, now began to literally leave and move out from Jerusalem, now into Samaria. Acts 1, 8 says, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we see that movement beginning because of the persecution that has now started in the church. And then immediately before our story, we have the ministry of the Apostle, Apostle Philip. Uh, the saving of Simon the sorcerer, and as well as Philip's ministry and testimony concerning Philip the eunuch. Nope. Now he's Philip the Ethiopian eunuch. Sorry. Meanwhile, so we get to meanwhile. Oh. That's why it's here. Meanwhile, mm. on the road to Damascus, something else is happening. Mm. Something significant. Something so important for the growth of that early church is happening. In fact. I doubt when we even hear this story take place. Mm. Aren't you glad it did? Saul of Tarsus was present and approved of the killing of the stoning of Stephen back in chapter 7. 
And he is still bringing out murderous, murderous threats. He wants to stomp out, he wants to squash, he wants to kill this movement of the way. Therefore, he seeks permission, he seeks authority from the religious leaders to go to Damascus and to do exactly that. Saul was driven in what he thought, what he believed God was wanting him to do. He was so very zealous. In Philippians chapter 3, a letter he wrote to the church much, much later, he wrote this, If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of the Pharisee, and here in verse 6, as for zeal, persecuting the church. This is Saul, persecuting the church. And as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. This was his life's work ever since Pentecost to stop out, to stop, to hinder the progress of, of, of the way. And in Acts 9, we're, uh, we are getting Saul's conversion story, the very testimony that he will share with King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26. Saul's story is a noteworthy event because he is a noteworthy person. Because from this point forward, uh, a major part of the rest of the book of Acts. It, after his conversion, right? He is he's a major part of the book of Acts from here forward. He is unlikely. He is an unlikely conversion story. Here's what I mean by that. In 1 Timothy 1, it says the following, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer, and a persecutor and a violent man. Mm. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Mm. Has anyone ever acted in ignorance yeah. and unbelief? The grace of our, of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience. As an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the eternal, immoral, invisible, the only God be honored and glory forever and ever. Amen. And today, this morning, we, we want to pause and just ponder, consider, the people that we may know who are also, in our mind's eye, unlikely. Unlikely. Mm. Unlikely to begin a life that's devoted fully to following Jesus, the Messiah. So we pause even now, and may we be reminded that the very God who was at work in Saul's life is also doing a work in that unlikely person's life. Mm. We just maybe, maybe we just don't see it. So may our story bring you be heard that nobody, nobody is too far away from the Lord to be saved. This road to Damascus 160 miles long. <coughs> it was not a day's journey. Mm. This wasn't going over the East Fury, crossing the bridge, uh, in the morning, I'll be back by night, and I'll have 20 to 30 followers away and incarcerate them. That's not this story. It's about 160 miles. It's a long, long 
Germany. In Damascus, the historian uh, Josephus estimates that there were about 40 synagogues. So this was a large um, contingent of, as an epicenter of Judaism. And this threat of this Jewish messianic movement needed to be dealt with head, head on. The foolishness about a cursed dead guy hanging from a tree needed to be stopped. Saul is a fire-breathing uh, Pharisee hell-bent on keeping these heretics silenced at all costs. So back to our story in verse 3. He, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Verse 5. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. So we pause here and we just note this. We know that it happened suddenly. A light from heaven, suddenly. And when it comes to revelation about Jesus, sometimes it can be over the long haul, and sometimes it can be suddenly. So a show of hands for you, was it a Damascus Road kind of experience when you came to knowledge and the, uh, understanding of the saving faith of Jesus? Maybe the Damascus Road of sorts would have been a, a catastrophe, a death, a near-death experience, a car accident, a significant health diagnosis, or on the positive side, the news that you become a, a mother or a father. Or was it more of a slow revelation over the years, say 160? 160 miles, the long journey to Damascus. So more on this in a minute. And here also we have the first of our two important questions the text gives us. First is, who are you, Lord? When Saul asks this question, he doesn't know who Jesus is. He's looking for more information. You could say it three different ways here, maybe more. Who are you, Lord? Or you could ask it, who are you, Lord? Or you can say, who are you, Lord? Where's the emphasis? So to our knowledge, Saul never met Jesus personally. And he wouldn't even seen a picture of him previous uh, to this sudden occurrence on the road. And here we have the response. Jesus says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Mm. Now for this, now for Saul, this means something. It means that the privilege he previously thought this is a cursed man hanging from a tree. And it means that Jesus is not dead. Mm. I mean, is that a revelation? Mm-hmm. This changes things, amen? Yeah. This changes things. And we know um, it wasn't just an audible voice, because later in verse 17, Ananias says, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, it is Jesus, and he is both seen and heard. So, number one, Jesus is not dead. Mm-hmm. Second thing is this. Uh, for Saul, and perhaps for us this morning as a good reminder today as we sit here at 323 Martin Luther King Drive, is that Jesus and his people are one. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, what Saul is doing, this persecution of the church, mm-hmm. Jesus feels it too. Mm-hmm. Jesus takes what happened to, like, say, Stephen, Jesus takes it personally. What you do to my people, you've done to me. Mm. 
sounds a little familiar from Matthew 25. The, the king will reply to that. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done for me. Mm-hmm. So we need to be very, very careful, careful on how we treat people. Amen? Amen. What you do or do not do for them, what you do or do not do to them, you have done or not you have done or not done for me. Because why? Jesus is one with his people. Mm-hmm. And watch this in verse 6. The New King James Version has it this way. So he, trembling in hand astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so we come to the second important question from our text. Who are you, Lord? Lord, what do you want me to do? Maybe the two most important questions in, in the world. How is the third is, will you marry me? We must know and realize, however, brothers and sisters, that these are not one-time questions. Likewise, on the uh, road to Damascus, it isn't a one-time trip for us, spiritually speaking, either. Could it be that the road to Damascus is a continual process of turning, both for those outside of the faith, as well as those inside the faith. Because y'all call bodies on the inside, didn't What I mean is that the Christian life, this life of following Jesus, is not about a singular moment of turning towards God, but about many moments of turning to God. We have in our story, throughout the book of Acts, and I believe in our lives in general, the continual invitation to Metanoia. And that's turning around as a continual invitation, turning towards God continuously. So the answer to the first question, who are you, Lord, changes over the years, doesn't it? Now, I'm not saying that Jesus changes, but what I'm saying is that our understanding of the Lord changes, doesn't it? Who I thought Jesus was at seven, who I thought Jesus was at 17, 37, <coughs> all the way through 67, 77, right? Doesn't it seem to change? Isn't there an ongoing revelation, a continual invitation to metanoia to turn? And, and the question, what do you want me to do, Lord, isn't a one-time ask either. What do you want me to do, Lord, today? Today. So we continue in verse 7. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him to, uh, by the hand to, uh, into Damascus for three days. For three days he was blind. And did not eat or drink anything. Three days. Wait a minute. Three days. Mm-hmm. I think Saul is experiencing death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Saul has to put to death his former way of thinking. Saul has to put to death his former way of living. Meanwhile, as the story continues, verse 10, in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he said. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, ask for a man, uh, for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, 
He has seen a man in your eyes. That's you. It's kind of funny. That's you. He sees you. Come and place hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13. Lord, in your eyes, answered. I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's been doing to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest anyone who calls on your name. And God, you know who this is, don't you? Don't you know who this is? But the Lord said to Ananias, Go! This man is my chosen instrument for playing my name to the Gentiles and their kings. That's outside. And to the people of Israel. That's inside. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately. Immediately. Suddenly, immediately. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he could see again. And when he died, he took part in the 12-week baptism class. Then he was baptized. <laughs> he was baptized immediately. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Mm-hmm. I don't miss this. And Ananias, how do you suppose he felt about this invitation from the Lord? For Saul's reputation preceded him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, <laughs> uh, are you sure? There must have been so much hesitation, even fear, in this response to this invitation that God was giving Ananias. And I wonder for us today if sometimes we have a sense of fear or trepidation when we feel nudged to speak to someone who we might think is far away from God. Anyone else? Anyway. Now, Ananias being faced with this tough decision, it's really a matter of life and death for him. In verse 17, it says, Then Ananias went. Then Ananias went. Then Ananias went. And because Ananias was a obedient, he had the honor of calling Saul his brother. This story is just as much about Jesus as it is about Saul, Mm -hmm. as it is about Ananias, Mm -hmm. and Ananias' obedience. For I think that metanoia wasn't just Saul's reality, but I think it was Ananias' as well. Though already a committed follower of Jesus, Ananias must overcome his reluctance and turn toward Saul. He had to change his mind about him, treating him as a brother who had previously been a threat to his community for so long. Saul was about to be sent, though Ananias was also sent. So it is true that God, God's ways are not our ways, amen? Well, well. If, if I were God, or Saul, like, yeah, sure, throw to Damascus, bright light, blind him, he's going to 
going to go into Damascus. He's going to receive some care, uh, you know, and his sight will come back. And you know, it's just you know, it's just going to take some time, and then I'll release him to go be a witness, right? But God doesn't do that. God's ways are not our ways. God chooses another route. God chooses Ananias to go. I mean, why even use this middleman in Ananias? Ever think about this? Like, why? God can just do it. Just do it, God. But he chooses Ananias to go. Okay? Well, why does he choose this middleman? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I think God delights in using his people to carry out his mission. That, uh, that is Ananias. That's for Ananias. That's for me. That's for you. That's for the church. Because this story is about God. It's about Jesus. It's about Saul. It's about Ananias. And it's also about you. So we return to these two questions from this text that we're invited to wrestle with today. Who are you, Lord? That's question number one. Who are you, Lord? And second is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And I would just, what do you want me to do today? So let's just pause here and just consider this in a moment of silence and then we'll continue. this morning you brought to mind uh, some folks maybe we might feel far away. Obviously before we get there, we realize that we too were once far away. But you brought us near through the blood of Jesus, through his sacrifice, and the reality that he did not stay in the grave. Father, thank you for our mission. You have sent us to be your witnesses. Father, we pray now for the grace, the courage, the boldness, the words, the strength, all that we need to witness to a world that's both broken and yet beautiful. 
Father, by your Spirit, again, just do your work in us, among us, through us. And what we have done here this morning have ripple effects into our weeks, into our relationships. Because, Father, you are always at work to this very day. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Praise the Lord.
uh, we have a um, sign and, and a guest we have some announcements here and Pastor Bob will come up and give some announcements for Men and Midnight Church. We're also going to say that we have a meal uh, here for us to fellowship and the fellowship hall downstairs. You're welcome to stay and, and enjoy the fellowship and communion together and as we continue to um, fellowship together, um, Zion will encourage you members to sign up and join the table with the fellowship with Men and Midnight Church and we look forward to continuing to Build this goes on a more personal level. Amen. We have a core time together, but how can this we can continue to come together and have healing and reconciliation and united in church together. Uh, then also have Master Design members of leadership ministries to start submitting your budget for our year for 2024. Please start submitting that to our office. Then also we will have this uh, Sunday fellowship coming up. At October 29th at 5 p.m. at the City of Refuge, uh, they have asked uh, me to come to be their speaker that evening. So you're welcome to join 5 p.m. at City of Refuge Church in Peoria uh, for the Church of Peoria Unity Fellowship and Worship of Churches within the community. Uh, then also coming up on second Sunday, November 12th, a Galilee Ministry Church for their Mother's Ministry Program is by design to come to worship and to deliver the message that afternoon. And also, I want to continue to remind Sunday School at 9 a.m., Wednesday night, Bible study at 6 p.m. Uh, everyone is welcome to come and ask Pastor Eric Potter to come up and he remarks, amen, to give his announcements for the better morning, better night, church. Amen. 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 You look good, church. You look good, yeah. First announcement is thank you, Zion Baptist, for hosting us so much. Thank you Yeah, we're shaking the tables together uh, in one of those homes, and so if you're interested in that, contact me or Pastor Sam about uh, doing that with one another. So uh, look forward to that. And then I think next slide. There you go. Oh, sorry, I'm on this one. Yeah, come on. <laughs> because I got a text from a 19 year old person today, and I, I feel like if someone is that age and text me, it's important. So, uh, next Sunday, please, 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 if you are um, a current musician or a would be musician, if you are a current tech booth professional or would be tech booth professional, and if you're an usher or have the ability to walk up and down, and I love and love people. It's super easy. We need, we need more. We need more. So please, please, tomorrow, uh, next Sunday at 9 o'clock, with donuts, we'll be talking through all this stuff. So please, 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 okay?
praise God.